Hello, everyone. It's Bryson here with my good pal, cowardly pal, actually, Alonzo, formerly known as Alonzo NFL. What's going on? Bryson, I'm on vacation. I'm enjoying my vacation. And then I just, I really got an urge to talk about the Patriots today. I don't know why. Something, I was on a plane. I'm in Madrid now. It's flexing. Um, and I, I just said, fuck, I want to talk about the Patriots. And just as I got off the plane, I saw that I had like 17 texts from you talking about like Byron Coward. So I said, fuck, let's do a podcast. And now we're doing a podcast. Oh, it's beautiful. 8.30 in the morning. First thing I do when I wake up, think about the Patriots and how Josh Gordon is absolutely retiring this team. You will weep in August. Uh, I'm not going to get sucked back in. I'm not. I'm Who not. plays more games, Gronk or Gordon? Uh, uh, Gronk. It's Gordon. Let's go. Oh, no, no. I don't want to do this to myself. Yes. He's going to no. play all 19, baby. Let's go. I don't want to do this to myself. All right, Alonzo. We're going to hit everyone up with our – We're gonna, this is going to be a two-part episode. Offense first. Then we'll hit defense and special teams of our 53-man roster, which we will change like every week. Every day. Podcast. Every day, every week. New information comes. We're going to change it. But we're going to get right into this. This is this is pre-training camp. This is basically like our training training camp preview. We're obviously going to give out who we think, or at least, yeah, who we each think is going to make the fifty-three man roster right now. Um, but also talk about players like at different positions who we don't think are going to make the team just as of now, right? Like, I don't have Braxton Berrios on my fifty-three man roster projection. I cried. He was the last player that I, that I cut. Cried, but yeah. Yeah, very sad. But we're obviously going to talk about Braxton Berrios. We're going to talk about, like, the Dontrell Lindmans of the world. So it should be a good episode. It should be fun. All right, Alonzo, do you want to start it off with the quarterbacks? This is going to be a tough one. This is a toughie. It's a toughie. Do they keep four? they keep an Etlin? No. What about, what about Edelman? They list him as quarterback? <sighs> he, had, he had more fourth Mohamed quarter Sanu, Mohamed Sanu played quarterback. More that's, fourth that's quarter passing yards. More fourth quarter passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. That's not wrong. Yeah, He'd be the best quarterback on Green Bay. Or well, Brett Hundley, but still. Nah, they're gonna keep three. The Pats are keeping three. It'll be Brady, Hoyer, and Stidham. I guess like some people want to say that they keep two and they cut Hoyer, or they. They IR Stidham or something. Uh, I really don't see it. I just think... Uh, I think they keep the three. They've kept three a few years, and I don't think it'll hamper them roster-wise in any like really meaningful way, despite the fact that this roster is pretty, pretty loaded, as we'll come to find out over the course of this. Well, you're keeping Brian Hoyer over Braxton Berrios, so it makes me want to weep three quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, when you put it that way, I kind of want to cut Hoyer when I IR Stidham. But... That, that's what we would do, right? You get, cut Hoyer oh, yeah. for one of those. That's what I would do. Hoyer no, for no, no, Bears no, or whatever no. it was. But the Patriots are keeping three. No, I would, I would tell Stidham to go like cut his hand with a 
some scissors or something, and I just put them in IR. Can, can or we just I'd say, give them, I'd give them some bad fish and put them on IR with an illness. Can we just say like this is our, this is not our list, but it's our list as to what we think the Patriots are going to do, like not what we would exactly. Do because, because personally, if it was my decision, Sandy Michelle would be cut. That's day one. Oh no, be getting rid of him. I would, I would immediately give Isaiah win a pay raise. That's and fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Running back Alonzo. I'll go ahead and read your list. Sony Michelle, fine. James White, Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, Brandon Bolden. Now, a lot of people we just talked about are trying to cut Rex Burkhead, but Alonzo and I don't get this because Burkhead Stupid. has the value in the receiving game, the running game. He, you know, he's good for like three to four stop and go wheel route touchdowns a year that you kind of need. Yeah. Yep. He's good yeah. on special teams. I, I, I really don't see the need to just cut Brent, Brent Burkhead, and I don't really know what kind of value you're going to get for Rex Burkhead in a trade. I 100% agree with you. Like, people are in a rush to cut or trade Rex Burkhead on Pat's Twitter um, since the Damon Harris pick, and I find it really stupid. Uh, the only thing that Rex Burkett has going against them the first two years he's had as a Patriot is injuries. Like, whenever the guy's been on the field, he's been, I mean, he hasn't been the best. He hasn't been Deion Lewis, but he's been good. He's been serviceable. I mean, he played in crunch time in the Super Bowl. He played on the game-winning drive in the Super Bowl. He was the back that they went to for that drive. And they went to him because he is, like, 80% of the runner Sony Michelle is, and he's 80% of the receiver James White is. And James White is worse as a runner than Rex Burkhead, and Sony Michelle is worse as a receiver than Rex Burkhead. He's like the bridge or hybrid between those guys. And I just don't see how the Patriots are going to come into the season and trust Damian Harris in that role um, the way that they do Burkhead as of now. So, yeah, no, I, I don't see why you cut him. Uh, and plus, like you said, he has special teams value, like and legitimate special teams value. So the Pats really, of these guys, might, four of them, if Michelle returns kicks, might be like real contributors on special teams because Harris was also um, pretty played a really big role on Alabama in that part of the game. So yeah, this is a great, a really great deep group. I like it. Not to get weird about the fifth running back on the roster, but if it was me, I would. Probably cut Brandon Bolden. And also, do you think that yeah. the, the Patriots are going to give Damian Harris the Foxborough flu? Because they, they really could. Uh, they could, but I could also see Damian Harris contributing. I don't know, man. I see this as a like a 2017 almost situation where they had Gillisley, Burkhead, Lewis, White, and Bolden entering the season. And they were just really deep at the spot. And they were never going to be able to address all five players. But, hey, like, you're, you're covered at a pretty important position, I think. So, no. I, yeah, I don't see him giving, giving Harris a Foxborough flu. He was, like, he's a pretty polished player from everything we've heard. And, again, like I just mentioned, he's a guy that's going to contribute on special teams. So, yeah, and I see him sticking. Hmm. All right, we like to see that because he's going to be the best back on the roster. We love it. Wait, <laughs> he better than White? No. Nah. You know nah. I'm talking. You know I'm talking about. I know. I know. 
he might be cross-eyed. <laughs> All right, the next one. This is a tough one for me because there's exactly one fullbacks on the team. So James Devlin, his Madden rating should be higher. Disgraceful. Yeah, I agree with you. All I right, agree next, with you. We'll just go ahead to the next one, Alonzo. Yeah. Wide receivers. Alonzo has five. Julian Edelman, the goat, Nikhil Harry, Maurice Harris, also a goat, Fildor Set, complete bum, and Matt Slater, goat. Thoughts on this, Alonzo? Explain. Fildor Set. I need I need some explanations that Fildor Set ever Braxton Bear is. Well, We've seen Fildor Set contribute in this offense, and we've seen Braxton Berrios do exactly nothing as of now. Fildor Set got like a pretty, I don't want to say significant because he's not even a lot to make the team, but he got more of a financial commitment from the Pats than any other receiver they signed this offseason. So I just. I think with that and his experience in the system and Brady at this point probably trusting him more than any receiver this side of Julian Edelman that's currently like on the team, I think Fodor Set's gonna make the roster. And then Harry's gonna make the roster. And from there my decision basically came down to like the fourth spot um, between Harris, Berrios, and Inman. Harris had the best mini camp, and Dad has hyped up Harris literally since last season. And Mike Lombardi was pretty high on Harris in a podcast he did, a GM Street he did last year. So I just think the Pats like Harris. And from there, the call was, do I keep a fifth receiver? Because Slater doesn't count, but do I keep a fifth receiver? Or do I go for depth? elsewhere on the roster. And I thought they might A, they might trade for a veteran, like that's on the table. And B, the practice squad. So no. Yeah, I just went with those four. And Barrios unfortunately couldn't make it. But I'm rooting for him. I really want him to be good. It would be awesome if Barrios was good. Okay, so on mine I had six and I actually just included Dorset and Barrios. Right. I had him going with eight Eight skill players? Yeah, eight. Wide receiver yeah. and tight end included. Just wide yeah. receiver and tight end. Yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Last year, they kept five tight ends, Alonzo. They IR'd, is, they IR'd is a... They are, yeah, well, that doesn't count then. Yeah, I know, but that's... Compared to this year, having four tight ends on the roster, compared to this yeah. year, it feels like I want zero tight ends on the roster. No, nah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Right now, well, we both got two, two tight ends. Two tight ends. You went with Matt Lacoste, the greatest tight end in the NFL, and also Ryan Enzo, who would have absolutely derailed Dwayne Allen last year if yes. he hadn't gone hour. We love that. We do love it. I was going to put his on mine, but I instead just went with Andrew Beck just to be a little edgy and see what you thought about it. He's also I mean, a really good blocking tight end, and he lines up all over the formation. Exactly right. That's, that's Beck's um, advantage over Rizzo, you could say. Um, the versatility 
the fact that Beck was actually practicing with the fullbacks during mini. But I don't know if you saw that nugget. So mm, Devlin in trouble? He... Question mark. No, Devlin's not in trouble, but Beck could be like a practice squad candidate in depth at fullback, which I mean, for as dumb as it sounds, it's it's important. Like in twenty fifteen when they lost Devlin, they went to Shaq Mason at fullback for a bunch of plays. So so Beck, like he definitely has the edge and versatility. I just I went with Izzo because we've read from Jeff Howe like that the Patriots see Izzo as, or at least saw Izzo as a legitimate threat to Dwayne Allen last year. And then they wound up paying Dwayne Allen $3.9 million for his services. So that you'd, you'd think they, they're pretty high on Izzo if they saw him as a player who could, you know, compare to Dwayne Allen in any way. So, yeah, I see him. He's kind of the blocking threat. Lacoste is a receiving threat. And Ben Watson coming back in week five and just being a hybrid between those two and being tight end one. And Gronk yeah. coming back in week seven. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be... what? So, yeah, it is week seven, isn't it? Because isn't it that after the week... Or is it week eight? Because they come off of playing like three games in 11 days. I have no idea, man. I just I, threw out week seven. I threw I out think, week seven. I think it's Any week time eight. before the trade deadline they play the, is fine. They, they play the Jets week eight, I think, and that's like they play before that. They play three games in eleven in eleven days, and they have a bye after eight. We love it. Gronk coming. He's coming. Yes. Gronk coming. <laughs> yeah. No. Gronk. Wait, look. I mean, leaving Gronk aside. It makes no sense, I think, for them to keep three tight ends on the no. roster. For you hardly want to keep roster. one. You almost exactly. want to leave all of them off the roster and just there are no the roster locks. Yeah, there are no roster locks. There are no roster locks. I mean, you could argue there's not like a starting caliber NFL tight end besides Ben Watson. It's a really weak, weak, weak position group, but. Then again, I just don't think that they'll be counted on much to contribute in the receiving game. I think that'll be up to the receivers and backs, of course. But yeah, yep. Most of the backs can absolutely catch passes, but only one can. Most them of them. The face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You think being cross-eyed helps them? <laughs> no, it doesn't help them. No, actually, like... it it hurts them very badly in this position. I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alonzo, moving on to offensive line. Oh, it, it just does my heart so much good to see this first name on your list. Isaiah Wynn, left tackle. Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon, Yadnick Lux. Yeah, those are your locks right there. And Pro Holt. Pro Holt, and then Ted Karras. Yeah. Ted Karras. Look, here, yeah, it's not... It's not like a particularly interesting conversation to have. The Pats have seven offensive linemen who are locks. They usually keep nine, uh, or they would. They usually prefer to keep nine uh, with two backup interior players and two backup tackles. Right now, I have them at eight, with the competition being between Karras and Brian Schwenke. and that's not like a sexy competition, but they. Sorry, that's my brother sneezing. Uh, 
they were both backups last year and they kind of alternated between who was active when they were both healthy. So I think they're similar caliber players and whoever has a better uh, training camp in preseason is going to make the team. My eyes here are on the swing tackle and right now Yadni Kajust is has an injured quad and he projects to be their top swing tackle. That's shoulder not too. an ideal yeah, shoulder two. That's just not an ideal spot to be in. And I wonder if they bring in a veteran, Donald Penn. Again, I mentioned him every podcast is still out there. And he's played left tackle at a high level in the NFL before, so maybe they sniff around there. Maybe they try to make a trade. I don't know, but that's a spot that they could definitely like upgrade at. Um, other than that, I mean, it's an easy position to project, quite honestly. I think also Joe Tooney playing left tackle during minicamp, they would probably prefer to start Isaiah Wynn there. I mean, they would definitely prefer to start Isaiah Wynn there, but Harris and Schwenke have shown themselves to be just at least low-end starting caliber guards, just not bad players, guys who can go in there and give like a representative effort. And right now I think if if Wynn is bad or if, God forbid, Winter Cannon got hurt, I think it would be Tooney that kicks out the tackle and not like a Cole Cross and Urka Juiced. I would probably like that a lot better. Especially the fact here in Cole Cross and a tackle. I don't think that would be a, a very big nightmare for my 42-year-old quarterback. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, that would be 2015 nightmare fuel. Alonzo, is there any chance our boy Tom declines? He hasn't shown any signs of it. I mean, sure, there's a chance. Yeah, there's also a chance Pat Mahomes sucks this year and there's a chance Aaron Rodgers returns to being like actually good, and there's a chance Mitchell Trubisky's not atrocious. But I don't think those things are going to happen. So no, uh, yeah, sure, there's a chance. I don't see it happening though. And you're the one who asked the question, Alonzo. Not me. I never questioned Tom Brady. These are uh, these are your notes. Please, yeah, carry in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, something we didn't we didn't go over, but we just kind of made fun of a little bit. Sony Michelle catching catching passes, yes or no? Sony Michelle catching passes. He, I mean, if Sony Michelle doesn't start catching passes, he's just like a mediocre, average league average running back. I don't really care what he does on early downs. The offensive line is very very good, and you can stick cordero patterson if he had like 50 percent more of a brain back there and he could do the exact same things that sony michelle did last year uh, i'm being honest here just he he has to learn how to catch passes he has to at least be like a a minor credible threat he doesn't have to be james white he doesn't have to be Deion lewis he doesn't have to be rex burkhead he just has to be like fine and he was not fine last year at that even last year, I think, I mentioned repeatedly how Todd Gurley went from a basically a non-factor in the passing game his rookie year with the Rams to when McVay got there. He just kind of unleashed him. Sony doesn't have to make that big a leap. Sony's never going to be Todd Gurley. That goes without saying. But we've seen backs come in and their first year, they're not involved in that way. And then their second year, they just kind of take a step forward. And 
I just, that's what really needs to happen with Sony. If he's not catching passes in practice or in, in the games, and when he does get the balls thrown at him and hits him in the face, what do you think this guy does in practice every day? I don't know, man. It's funny to think that his career <laughs> started when the, with... ball, when the ball's like thrown at him, he's like, roll, he like falls to the ground, or I don't know what kind of other bad scenarios. It's crazy. Happen. It's got to be that. Dude, it's crazy. His career started with a reception. Like, that was the first play he ever played. He caught a little stop route. It, I don't know. It, it's weird. He, he missed all the offseason last year because he was hurt. He missed a bunch of the offseason program this year because he was hurt. Just get him on the practice field, and I don't care. Like, he, he's a good, serviceable, really good runner on early downs. Just, like, be a threat as a receiver, please. Just something. Anything. Please. Please, Sony. Come on. Do it for me. Yes, we love it. Damian Harris, best back on the team, Stephen, after Sony, before James White. We love it. What? We love it. Well, not before James White. Maybe after Sony. Maybe before Sony. I don't know. Damien Harris. Yeah, I have a weird I have a weird good feeling about Damien Harris. When's the last time you had a weird good feeling? Kenny Britt. Oh God. No. Everything <laughs> He's gonna suck. Stop doing this. Ugh. Alonzo's 12 years old sitting in his room. Man, I just really have this good feeling about Aaron Hernandez. He's just going to really be a good player one day. Ten years old. <laughs> I just have this good feeling he's going to be acquitted. He's going to be let out of prison. Thirteen years old. Alonzo, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think by wrapping this up, just want to say I'm not like you. I'm not going to be afraid of this offense. I think it's going to be amazing. Isaiah Wynn's going to be amazing. Mm. Julian Adams going to be beautiful. As soon as Julian Edelman came back, it was beautiful. Harry's going to be amazing. There he is. Harris. It's going to be a good offense. Yeah. Lie. Yeah. All right. You be the optimist, and I'm just going to say the downside of this offense is spectacularly large. If Josh Gordon doesn't come back, or if he comes back and he plays like a game and then he's back out, that's not inconceivable. Oh, we didn't um, mi- we didn't mention DT and Gordon. DT to PUP, I think both of us think probably. DT, yeah, yeah, DT to PUP. Uh, and, that goes without saying. And also, Gordon don't know what's going on there. No clue. But he'll um, be back soon because I told he'll, you so. He'll be re- he'll be reinstated eventually. And how now, long that lasts? Tonight, is, five p.m. I hope so. Yeah, how long that lasts afterwards is uh, we'll see about that. But he'll be. We'll be reinstated eventually, and it'll be the worst false hope. <laughs> Just, my God, I'm going to be sucked right back in. But for now, I can look at it and say I'm not counting on him for anything. And if that goes south, and if DT comes back, and he had already lost some burst, if he comes back without much of any burst at all, that's just not a very good player. So those two guys are, at that point, non-factors. And then... Maurice Harris, like, what has he ever done? He, what if he, he might just be Chris Hogan or worse? I don't know. He's done much less than Chris Hogan ever did. 
who's to say he even picks up the offense? Like, I don't know. They also have to replace some of the Cordero Patterson like gadget stuff, even like stretch the field, deep threat stuff. Yeah, Maurice but Harris. Cordero Patterson's a different level of athlete than Maurice Harris. That's kind of my point. Um, Maurice Harris can chew gum and walk. <laughs> fair, fair, <laughs> but that's, they never asked Cordero to do that. They just told him to run in a straight line, run in a straight line, take this when reverse. They, when he had that little interview where he said his ring doesn't mean shit, when they handed him the mic to talk, he actually handed it back because he couldn't do that at once. Oh my god. Yeah, he's not a very smart guy, but he's a, a very gifted athlete. And I don't know if I could say the same for Maurice Harris. He was and awesome. And then Phil, yeah, Phil Dorsett, yeah, yeah, he might be awesome. Like the upside, the upside of the group is just as great as I'm making the downside out to be. Just by the way, the upside is enormous. But Phil Dorsett, we've kind of seen him. He's pedestrian. He's mediocre. Small samples have been good. They've been promising. He's like a good depth piece, but the Patriots were playing Chris Hogan over him last year, and I just think that tells you everything that you need to know about what they feel about Dorsett and Dontrell Inman. He was really pretty good for the Colts last year, but to be fair, they signed him in like December. No one wanted him. Is he... Who's to say he's even good? He didn't catch a pass in like mini camps and OTAs. Um, that the media were out there for. So he might not make an impact. And then Nikhil Harry, we all have no, very high hopes for him. We all have high hopes for him. But don't. I'm just going to remind you, I'm going to remind you, before the draft, you, you explicitly said you didn't want him. And I'm I never mean, either. you had, you well, you did, but you had legitimate reasons for him, not even busting balls. Like You had real reasons for not wanting Nikhil. And for all the great, traits that he has and taylor kyle's our boy we love him he had a great series on pat's pulpit about just how Nikhil could contribute but he has he had pretty major flaws um coming out of arizona state and what if he's just like aaron dobson in his rookie year like what if he's just blessed then you're if those things all happen and none of them are like crazy to even think about, then you're kind of left with Julian Edelman and with no tight end group and James White and Rex Burkhead and I guess Sony Michelle are going to have to combine to catch 200 passes. Good enough. And Edelman and Edelman's going to have to catch like 150. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying there's downside. There's downside. And the truth, honestly, the truth will be somewhere in the middle, I think. Like, I think Berrios is going to be good enough to make the team, and he might return punts, he might not, but they're going to want to keep him on uh, somehow. You know, Maurice Harris is, they saw something in him, so he'll probably be, I guess, a decent enough wide receiver three or four, and Dorsett's in his role, he's pedestrian too. Edelman <laughs> can carry a pretty big burden, and I don't, like, the truth will be somewhere in the middle, but my point is that there's downside, and there's no, like, there's no Gronk that just raises your floor to a really good NFL offense. You just have Edelman to do that now in a running game. And I'm just going to say the way they won the Super Bowl, like that, that game, is not a sustainable winning formula. W. It's just not. It's not. So scoring 13 points are... Our attorney, BMAD, had a great tweet about if you score 13 points per game in the NFL, 
you're fucked. <laughs> you're not going to win nine games. So, yeah, that's basically that. But the upside of the of the receiving group, even without Gordon, like if Harry hits his ceiling and if Harris is really good and like or good, and if Barrios took a significant leap, which by the way he's a better athlete than Adam Humphreys, so he has like that upside if he's a smart guy, and if he's worked, which apparently he has. Uh, if those things all happen, like the upside for that group is really pretty high, even without Gordon. I'm just saying the downside, you can't ignore it. And at that point, they'd have to look at making trades and looking at other ways of improving the team. Uh, we love our first round wide receiver, Nikhil Harry. Now we are married to him. He's amazing. We're not going to talk about his flaws. That's over. Press coverage. Oh my god. Don't look up Nikhil Harry Press. Just don't do it. Don't do it. God, and I hope he I hope that they don't shadow Gilmore. They don't like shadow Gilmore on him throughout camp. Because if that happens, Brady's never gonna throw him the ball. This <laughs> is not gonna happen. That's why they're gonna put him in the slot, big man. Let's go. We'll see. We love it. We'll see. Realistically, it'll be Barrios or Edelman in the slot. <laughs> you know how it, it turns out. All these big slots, that's all bullshit. Come on. Oh, shut up. We know it. That's just it's how it that's how it ends. And Barrios, right. Barrios might be bad, but he'll he fits the profile. He'll be like his worst case scenario is like twenty thirteen Austin Collie. No. He'll be amazing and he'll weep. Yeah. 50 He'll be 2017 Danny Amendola. Let's go. Oh, my God. Anything else on the offense, Alonzo? Steven Anderson, tight end. Eye on him. He might be their best pass catcher at the spot. It's not saying much. No, it's not, not saying much. But, I mean, in their context, it's saying at least something. Tight end trades, I don't know. Receiver trades, we'll do that on a different pod. Uh, yeah, no. They could add it. Receiver, tight end, or offensive tackle. That's it. So, yeah. It's now gotten me excited because we're kind of the best around at finding trades and players that are there. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Bill Belichick probably listens to our podcast, even though we are big, big BB out teamers here. Well, well, Bill Belichick is dad. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, dad listens to our podcast. Hi, dad. How are you? <laughs> All right. Love to, you. End, to end our podcast on every off-season podcast, I, I just have a little paragraph that I want to read every single time. And every time, people are going to laugh, and you're going to love it, and it's the greatest thing of all time. Are you ready? Yes. The AFC. I have to <laughs> yeah, I know it. it. I know it. <laughs> You're going to get your butt kicked this year by the New England Patriots. They're going to win 14 games. They're going to be up by 30 points in a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of high-fiving, a lot of touchdowns. You won't know what to do with yourself. You will weep. The end.
It's Do the we way love to end it. it. Do we, we love it? it? Yeah. See you on defense. Hey, see you on defense, bud. Yep.